Hello, and welcome to the Cisco Secure Unified Communications Podcast. My name is Kevin Flynn. I'm a senior manager for Secure Unified Comms here at Cisco in our headquarters in San Jose, California. And with me, calling in from Massachusetts, is Terry Quinandre from Cisco Security Marketing. And uh, Terry's our resident PCI expert and uh, sort of the go-to person for PCI compliance issues within Cisco. So welcome aboard, Terry. Thank you, Kevin. Well, I guess a, a simple question is, what is PCI? I mean, what does it stand for at, at first? And there's so many acronyms around. But sort of wh- who cares about it and, and what is it? So PCI stands for Payment Card Industry. In layman's terms, something that we understand, it's credit card information security. So your credit card number, your name on the credit card, all the personal information that that credit card holds, that's what PCI is focused on, keeping that secure. And who who is, I mean, who does that compliance? I mean, who sets the standards and how does that work and yeah that's that's a very different piece because it's an industry regulated standard Kevin where the major card brands Visa and Mastercard American Express JCB and Discover are the ones that pooled together to actually write this standard versus a government regulation so it's not the government saying you have to but if you don't follow the PCI compliance you might not be able to process Visa cards That's right. The enforcement is stronger because it's an industry regulation where they assess fines, they assess penalties, they can raise company service transaction fees, and ultimately, in really, really tough situations, they can actually take your processing power away so you can't even take credit cards anymore with your business. So people have to pay attention to this stuff. But who has to pay attention? Is it everybody, even like the little corner uh, grocery store? or? That's right. It's not set up by you have to care if or you don't have to care because it's for any company that processes, stores, or transmits credit cards on a global basis. So it's not even a U.S.-only focus here. But, I mean, so the people doing it in Europe, a European transnational, or someone over in Asia as well, but what is there a sort of a a scale of this? So, I mean, the difference between a a large multinational processing and, well, I buy credit card, use my credit card at my local gas station. You know, the difference really is not that it's a different standard they have to pay attention to. They all have to meet the same standard, but it's the enforcement that's different. The fines, the penalties, how you have to validate and certify is different between, you know, the really large multinational and the small coffee shop on your street corner. But the standard stays the same. Okay. And then, so what are some of those standards? I mean, what are the steps? So let's talk about data first, and then let's talk about unified comms, because I think what people might might be struggling with or wanting to know more information is they might sort of get, uh, you know, data PCI, and they've probably been dealing with this now for a number of years, correct? How many years? With yeah, PCI? it's been in place for three years now, since okay. January of 2005. But now, you know, after, after let's covering the data stuff, let's talk about unified comms, because there are peculiarities in dealing with voice and unified comms with this kind of information. That's right. And so for about the first, I would say, two and a half years, Kevin, the focus was on data. So, you know, how do you protect the the data while it's at rest or while it's in transit or while your your credit card is being processed? It really was focused about the data stream going on the network. And so this is things like where it's encrypted, where the information is stored, who has access to that information. That's exactly it. You know, 
where are you storing it? You have to protect it while it's sitting on the server or while it's sitting at the cash register, while it's going across, whether it's wired or wireless. You know, are you encrypting it? Are you, are you protecting it while it's in transit? You know, kind of like putting the seatbelt in your car. And then also while people are using it, who can use it? And more importantly, why can they access that information, and should that be allowed? So it's really a security best practice foundation. And is that printed out somewhere? Is there some place on the web someone can go and download it and look at it? Yes, it's very easy. You just go to www.pcisecuritystandards.org. And the PCI standard is, is posted there. It's only 17 pages long, and it's written in what I say human English. Very easy to read. Well, that's, that's nice to know, and that's rare enough to find for anything like this. Um, that's right. So what about, you know, when we talk about an organization that's, you know, been following closely PCI and, you know, sort of paying attention to it for a number of years now, now they're looking at this unified communications. Now they're starting to stuff uh, voice traffic is coming in over an IP connection. They're looking at, you know, maybe encrypted voice and storing uh, voicemail and storing email and, you know, all of the sort of the wonders and sort of the beauties of, of what happens when a company starts to migrate to unified comms. I guess there's questions then and questions people listening might have about how that impacts their PCI compliance. And so could you talk a little bit about that? And then sure, maybe uh, just sort of a follow-up on that is, is that are those standards, that 17-page document, taking into account UC, or is it going to be revised and, and modified as we go over, over time? Yeah, and, and that's, those are the very interesting questions we're waiting to hear on some. But I will say about nine months ago is where we saw an uptick in terms of concern about PCI and your unified communications. Before that, really, everyone focused on their data. But then as people started realizing the business, and more importantly, the auditors started realizing how people are performing business over unified communications, then that became part of what we call the PCI scope. So like you say, things over email or chat messaging, instant messaging, over the phone, you know, in the call center, all of those things now are part of the PCI scope in the larger corporations are being asked by their auditors to address it now, not in 12 months from now, but what is their plan? How are they implementing the security for that now? Well, as someone who has a credit card and sometimes has entered that over the phone or given it in an email to somebody, um, I am, you know, happy they're doing so. That's right. Or, you know, if you're calling up and like you say, you know, your call may be monitored and I immediately go, oh, my gosh, are they going to ask me for my credit card number? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that gets an interesting point because, I mean, we can talk about, you know, there's a number of good reasons to, say, encrypt your voice traffic. Um, yet there's other places and situations and PCI and contact center comes to mind where that might not be a good idea because, I mean, a scenario where you might have encrypted voice, but if you want somebody to listen in on that conversation, you know, you, you know this may be recorded for training purposes, um, then you might not want to encrypt that voice call, correct? That's right. That's right. I will say the whole contact center and just method of business around unified communications really has made the folks of PCI take a look and say, okay, this is how they conduct business. Maybe encryption doesn't make total sense. Or, you know, maybe storing those recorded calls doesn't make sense anymore because the mantra with PCI is if you don't have to store the credit card data, get rid of it. 
Well, ah. if you're storing voice conversations, that just breaks that whole system. And you might, you know, and that's you're giving credit card information over that. And so, I mean, one of the things that we've seen a, a strong interest in is from organizations looking at unified comms is the ability to separate their voicemail storage and their email storage. I mean, but partly for things like PCI compliance, but also even for things like discoverability for subpoenas and things like that, where you have to provide email to uh, to the lawyers and to prosecutors and sometimes both civil and, um, and other kinds of cases. It sounds like the ability to have that separation and to have them although they might be still working on the same system, so to speak, the same unified uh, you know, network, is important for meeting PCI standards, correct? Or is that a false assumption on my part? No, that's absolutely correct. Because if you can't separate those things, then an auditor can come in and say, I want to look at all of it. Yep. You know, and that's just huge in terms of just cost, you know, paying the auditors to do that. So the more separation you can provide from a compliance perspective, the easier it is for you to get through that process and the less expensive it's going to be for you as well. Well, I mean, that's, that's something strikes me, though, just you saying that, the ability to, for the, to make the auditors happy. I mean, the, the notion of having a single system to handle both your voice traffic and your email traffic and uh, regular data and chat content and things like that seems to make a lot of sense for when you're faced with an audit because you have the ability to audit that information a lot more, to uh, come up with the logs on it rather than having it on the three or four different types of, uh, of systems. No? That's right. And, but, you know, that's what the auditor absolutely will ask for. Show me your logs. Show me how you know which, you know, voice conversations have credit cards. Show me which emails might have credit card information. They actually come in and they ask for those level of details. So you need to have that intelligent system in place so that you can do it. And people are needing to, just for, for good customer relations, is to be able to you know, provide information via chat or for email or for a telephone call or for uh, you know, a web traffic where you're entering things into a web page. And it would seem that this kind of unified approach to communications, uh, just the nature of it, leads to better PCI compliance. So I think some people might be afraid that, oh, gee, I'm, you know, I'm moving to unified comms. What about my PCI compliance? It sounds like this kind of, that kind of evolution to, P, to unified comms can help a lot in their PCI compliance. It, it actually makes it easier. It makes it easier to, to tra- track that data. You know, and some people say, well, isn't it just about encrypting the call? It's no. It's no, about it's not. the two oh. endpoints, and, and what are you doing with the storage of that unified communication in, information as well? Um, and I have to say, unified communications, when you have it in that comprehensive system like that, is much easier than having multiple different types of networks that's going to be sharing that, that credit card data. And, and there's both you know, communication efficiencies as well as cost efficiencies, and it sounds like, just judging from this 10-minute conversation, also compliance uh, ease. Yeah, absolutely. You know, PCI today, you know, HIPAA tomorrow for for U.S. citizens, you know, Social Security numbers or any type of ID numbers for the rest of the world, you know, it's just going to start expanding that way. I mean, that's just maybe a good closing note. I mean, today's conversation is just on PCI, but I I think it's safe to say that uh, other regulatory and compliance issues, whether here in the U.S. or over in the European Union or or, or elsewhere in the world – the unified comm system and security for that unified comm system is going to become 
more and more important for PCI and, you know, what we're talking about today, but also Social Security number, uh, health information, financial information, et cetera. So I think companies that sort of get on the bandwagon now of looking at unified comms in the context of compliance, it'll make it a lot easier as the other compliance uh, regulatory bodies uh, and regulatory uh, information is uh, evolving to take oh, yeah. into account it's, unified it's comms. quickly going from nice to have to must have. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, as I know, when the, when the lawyers say, hey, you have to have this, um, you know, people start to pay attention. They start doing it. Exactly. Well, maybe that's a pretty good closing note. So start doing it. Um, and it, Terry, any, anything uh, to, to wrap things up? You know, no, just, just if you want to find this information, Kevin, give them the URL. Yeah, we've got a couple, actually. Um, so uh, fortunately, they're relatively easy. Uh, Cisco.com slash go slash security. That's sort of our general page for security. There's one specific to secure unified comms, and that's at Cisco.com slash go slash secure UC. Oddly enough. Um, and Terry, you set up a separate page uh, for compliance issues, and that's cisco.com slash go slash compliance. That's so again, right. There's lots of information out there. I think you'll be seeing uh, a lot of attention paid to this, I think, in the industry, and you know, I know within Cisco over the coming months. But um, thanks for your time, Terry. Um, I know it's almost uh, in the afternoon there, in uh, late afternoon there in Massachusetts, still the middle of the day here in California. But appreciate the time and uh, talking to you later. And, and for everybody out there, thanks for listening and appreciate your time. Great. Thanks, Kevin. Bye-bye.